the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To be sure, God chose the Jewish people centuries ago. When it comes to our sin and the way he judges, well, there are no distinctions between Jew and Gentile, as we'll see today here on Abounding Grace. God treats each and every one of us equal. There are no preferences. There is no deference to one specific people group over another, especially when it comes to our sin. And we see that loud and clear here in Romans chapter 2, verses 11 through 16, as the Apostle Paul lays out for us that each and every one of us are guilty before God. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Today, He'll take us back to Romans chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. It's there that we learn that the Jews and the Gentiles are judged. Here's Pastor Gary with today's program. He is a wall of fire around us. He dwells with us. He is here now by his word and by his spirit to bless us, to have fellowship with us, and to hear our prayers, and to hear our cries, and to wipe away our tears. Are we fully aware? That we live before the face of God. Because that leads to, you know what? It doesn't really matter what the celebrities are doing or the politicians. I'm not going to pay much attention to any of them. Because I live before the face of God. It is with the holy God with whom I have to do. It's not other men. I am not a mask wearer in a herd. I live before God. Young men and young women, if you will seek the Lord on, uh, on this, your life will be different from the worldling that's out there. I may hide from myself. I may hide from my parents. But I can't hide anything from God. In fact, I would rather submit to him and confess my sins to him And expose my weaknesses and my filth before him now. Than to live and pretend. And pretty soon be my own best salesman. To convince me that everything is okay. When it's really not. All of this is wrapped up with. All my ways are before him. Now a second reason. Or a second aspect of this, of why the reality of God's judgment and hatred against sin is often on the mind of godly man, can be found in Psalm 73, verse 14. You know, this does something to a man who's aware of living before the face of God. Asaph is here just struggling. Why are the wicked blessed? Why are the righteous cursed? Hear what he says in verse 13 of Psalm 73. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long, I have plagued, I have been plagued and chastened every morning. This is what the godly man does 
when he thinks about living in the presence of God. I've got to confess my sins. I've got to seek peace and pursue mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not once, not twice, but every day. For the life of the Christian beloved is but a continual act of repentance and a seeking of mercy, which in turn leads to, thirdly, Christ. This is another reason the godly man thinks of judgment. It leads him straight to Jesus. And we see that in Isaiah 53. That passage begins to get into our soul when we deal honestly with God's hatred against sin. The Garden of Gethsemane. Why the big deal? Why the drops of blood? Why the angels from heaven? Why, Lord, let this cup pass from me? Why all this drama? This is what we think today in our stupidity, in our barbarism, because we do not take seriously the holy God's wrath against sin. Not sin out there like the Jews, not like some of the Gentile moralists and ancient philosophy. Oh, well, we're really pretty good. And there are some really bad people out there. But no, it is my sins. And then we read Isaiah 53. What you are reading is the Son of God going to hell for our sake, taking all of our blows, all of our shame, all of our filth, all of our vilelessness, and receiving it himself. So great was his love for us, love for his Father and his faithfulness to his Father's commission to be our head and to be our surety and to be our covenant, that he received all of the terrors of hell, all of the terrors of death upon himself. So that we would not have to. You see, the Christian man runs to that every day. Now, we may not every day have as much time as he would like for this. But it is never far from his thinking. And it must not be far from ours, brothers and sisters. Do you want to love your Savior more? Where does that come from? It comes from a sense of, I owe my life. My peace, my eternal happiness to the fact that he took my filth upon his back on the cross. A sense of sin and judgment and holiness leads to Christ. More love for Christ, a deeper desire for him. So that when we sing praises to him like Psalm 45, thou art lovelier, fairer than the sons of men. The souls of the Christian, our souls say, oh, my filth. I've only seen but a small amount of it. But how lovely is the one who laid down his life for me and took all those sins on himself. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a savior we have in the son of God. This is why we must think of judgment. And of course, when we begin to sense something of his sacrifice for us and we begin to love him for that sacrifice, it is followed with the desire to please him. Now think of the flow here. One, a godly man doesn't slavishly fear God, but he has been made alive to the reality that all my ways are before him. Second, I live in the very presence of God, and because of that I chasten myself like Asaph, and I'm plagued over my sin. I'm not inwardly focused all the time on my sin, but I take my sin seriously because God does. So look at the cross. 
And third, that leads me right to Jesus. Because he is my only refuge from judgment. And when that day comes, when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, you better pray to the judge whom we struck on the mouth because of our filth, that he comes, puts his arms around you and says, I died for this one. Receive my righteousness for this one. Because that is our only hope in that hour. All other hopes are of no avail, beloved. Even that we are Presbyterian, that we listen to hour-long sermons, that we read books on how to be godly parents, that, we, that we're good at our calling and take good care of our families. And you were a kind person, and you were an American. None of that will do you a bit of good. In fact, a lot of those things will only increase your hell if you do not flee to Christ and love Him. And then fourth, I want to please Him. If you love me, he says, keep my commandments. Now think about that. Jesus doesn't say there, if you want to earn something from me, if you kind of want to have me in your hip pocket, obey me. If you want to manipulate me, obey me. If you want to do something good for me, obey me. If you don't want to worry about whether your children grow up to break your heart or whether they grow up to be godly, obey me. He didn't say any of that. He makes love the motive of obedience. But why should I love Christ? Because he first loved us and gave himself for us. And he bore all of our sins on the tree. He laid down his life for his friends. Were you God's friend before he saved you? No, he laid down his life for his enemy. All of my filth, my loss, my pride, my meanness, narrowness, stinginess, lovelessness, hate, lies, self-deception. He took all of the wrath of God for all of those sins upon himself for us forever. Do you love me? Remember, he asked that of Peter. And he's asking that of us today. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You see, Peter was one of those big blowhards of the Jews. Look at me. I'm not going to leave you, Lord. I've got my sword right here. We're going to go fight this all together. Me and you against 10,000. And as soon as some little girl says, Hey, I think you were with Jesus. Oh, no, 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 I wasn't. And he cuts tail and runs. And Jesus asks, Do you love me, Peter? Why does the Lord not say to Peter, Peter, do you feel guilty? Peter, do you feel guilty? Peter, do you feel guilty? I mean, that is how we would do it. This is how we many times treat our children. You you don't do everything just like I tell you I want you to do it. You ought to feel guilty. How dare you let me down? Our children come up to us and they disappoint us when they're little and even when they're older. And we want to take them by the shoulders and shake them saying... How could you do this to me after all that I've done for you? Oh, shame on us. Shame on us, parents. Vile and filthy are we. Our Lord looked at Peter, who had denied him three times. Peter, do you love me? Why? 
He wanted to draw Peter to his new role of feeding and tending the flock of Christ's followers, no matter the consequences. Peter, I still love you. I told you this was going to happen. But also I said, I was praying for you so your faith wouldn't fail. And even though you failed me, I haven't failed you. I've been interceding for you. And I will lay down my life for you on the cross. So Peter, do you love me? Because I love you. Now go and do what I told you I wanted you to do. Feed my lambs. Peter was forever changed by that restoration. And you will be the same. Because the Lord Jesus doesn't come and say, do you feel guilty? You've heard my word all of your life. Or maybe for the past 10, 5, or 3 years. And look what you have done. And look what has happened in your life. And look at all of these things. Do you feel guilty? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel guilty? Well, you should, you sorry servant. That is what he should say to us. Because we are sorry servants. When we have done all of his will. We are at best unprofitable servants. But he doesn't say that at all. He says ever so sweetly. Because there are none like unto him. Do you love me? I love you. Keep my commandments. You see that's why. We have to look at judgment. And God's attitude towards sin. Because we will never love Christ. Until we take sin seriously. Never. Our love will always be so frail and so fickle, so shallow. Until we realize what wrath he took upon himself for us on the cross. And then if our love is shallow, guess what else is going to be shallow? Our obedience. It will be just like a heavy burden. We'll be walking around saying, well, I guess I've got to obey. Well, I've got to have family worship. Well, I've got to go and discipline that child again. Well, I guess I've got to obey my husband again, that rascal that he is. We walk around and act like everything is such a burden. Oh, life is just so hard. Why do I have to go through this? Now, granted, we are as weak as water. But there is a better way to live. And he says, do you love me? Do you love me for what I have done for you? And if you love me, keep my commandments. Be as I was in the world. Consecrate yourself to my Father. There is your joy. Do His will. When you don't want to, when you're struggling with it, like Christ in the garden, call upon Him. Get on your face, not once, not twice. Not three times. Do it a thousand times, but keep seeking Him. Because that's where joy is, and that's where life is, and that's where peace is. And that is where the power and motivation are to strive on when you don't want to. And then what happens is we want to please Jesus. Number five, because of His great grace and mercy. And we start losing our taste for sin. Some of you who are new in the faith or 
young ones. Maybe you're struggling with a sin. Well, then talk to others who have been faithful over the years and ask them, why don't you struggle with this or that? Why don't you struggle any longer with lust or pride? In your marriage, you and your wife truly seem to actually love one another. Why? How did you get there? Are you hyped up on vitamins? Is there some secret potion? No, of course, there's none of that. Those who love the Lord and are walking with him and who have struggled with sin at certain times in their lives, you find that now they just don't have the taste for it any longer. Where does that come from? It's from a desire to please Christ. It's like Augustine once said, you can only beat a bad love with a better good one. Everyone lives by love, but you can only beat a bad love like for self, pride, lust, or meanness in your relationships or whatever it may be with a better love. God's love for us in Christ, the height, the breadth, the length, and the width. But how are you led to seek that love? When you feel how empty you are of it, because I don't have it, and I do love the world, I am covetous. Father, I know you hate covetousness, you hate pride. Father, I know you hate those things, but I can't seem to get rid of it. I don't like it, but I'm afraid. The reason I don't like it is more because of its consequences and how it makes me feel than because I don't like it. That's why we need to think about God's judgment and his hatred against sin. Because that leads us to examine ourselves because we live in his presence. And because that leads us to examine ourselves. And that then leads us to Christ because he is our only righteousness and our only cleansing before God. And then that leads us to a love for him. Because of what he has done for us. And a love for him makes us want to obey. To please him. And when we want to obey. We start to lose our taste for sin. And the taste for righteousness increases. And this process beloved will last your whole life. You might say. Well I'm not really sure I want that. Then go somewhere else. There is no other godliness. There is no other way to deal with the root of sin than along the lines of the process that Scripture reveals to us, centering on the cross and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, leading to self-honesty and weeping over our sins before God and asking Him to give us the love for Him in our hearts and the desire to obey Him until unholy loves are replaced with holy loves. My friends, there's no other way. You might say, I'll just settle where I am. It's comfortable. After all, I'm okay. Well, then you may settle in hell. We see in 1 John 4, 17, again, this isn't optional because this is what God does in all of his children. He says, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we. In the world. We can't say. Unless it is just pure arrogance and sure rashness. That we have boldness. When we look ahead. To this day of judgment. When God will judge the secrets of all men. Unless we are like Jesus. 
Because this is what God does in all of those who are humbled by their sins and seek righteousness in Christ. He makes us and remakes us in the image of Christ. And that is lifelong. But it does come to an end. And that is, of course, when we die or when the Lord Jesus returns and the day of judgment comes and we have fought the good fight and we didn't give up ahead of time. It was a tough road in many respects, but we didn't give up. We kept seeking the Lord. We kept thinking in an age that doesn't even think about what God thinks. Most people in the church never ask themselves the question, what does God think about my worship? What does God think about my marriage? Not what do the so-called experts say or think. Not what the preacher thinks. What does God think in his word? I mean, we're in a challenging walk. This is why the way is narrow and the gate is small that leads to life. But one day, God will reward our seeking of him with him. Because that is really what we're looking for, isn't it? Why do we really hate sin? Because I get into trouble when I do it? No, it's because he hates it. And if he is displeased with me, I can't be happy. Do you feel that way in your heart? If my father who laid upon his son all of my filth is displeased with me, I cannot be happy I cannot be blessed because I must have Him. I must have, help, have fellowship with Him. I must have peace with Him. Beloved, seek Him. And what motivates it's like rocket fuel to seek Him is to take seriously what Paul says in Romans 2 about judgment. God hates sin and He is angry. Listen, He is angry with the wicked every day. Oh, let us flee to Christ. Let us flee to that old rugged cross and be cleansed. You don't have to do anything to earn it. He offers it to you freely. He says, drink water out of the wells of my salvation. It's right here. Look unto me, all you ends of the earth, and be saved. There is no other Savior. He says, look at me, and I will forgive. He cleanses. He takes away all of our filth and he puts our feet upon the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we begin to walk with him and he begins to chip away our rough edges and our sinfulness. And he gives us a love for him. So we're willing to fight against sin and we want righteousness more because we want him. The Jews didn't want him. They wanted their traditions. They wanted their exceptional place. They wanted to look down their noses at others who just didn't want those traditions. They didn't want God. And they did not tremble before his majesty for their sins. And they wound up doing what? Crucifying the Lord. Oh, let us not crucify him afresh. But love him for what he bore for us upon the cross. And cling to him. And truly know how much he loves you and I. Do you love him, Peter? Have you forgotten our sweet fellowship? Do you love me? He asks us that today. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
For that is the path of joy and of peace and of conscience and of holiness of life. Keep seeking Him, beloved. Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.